Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcasts. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today I'm going to talk more with David about forgiveness, the cure and reversal of hatred. Gratitude and forgiveness make this world better. Hey David, it's Grandpa. At the end of last week's podcast, I said I was going to talk with you about mindfulness, and I will, just not this week. Also, I got so sick last week, I was unable to record. So this is a week late, and I apologize. It occurred to me that forgiveness was a key part of overcoming hatred, so I wanted to focus just on the concept of forgiveness with you this week. Like I said, next week we'll look into mindfulness, but right now, let's think about what other people said about forgiveness. The following quotes are from men and women, some of whom you know about, others you don't. Nevertheless, focus on the message and not on who said it. We'll start with a quote from Martin Luther King, Jr. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. King was spot on. Let it become your heart focus to always be willing to grant forgiveness instead of staying embittered. This next quote has been adapted from Henry Nguyen, an author unknown to me. Forgiveness is the name of love practiced among people who love poorly. The hard truth is that all people love poorly. We need to forgive and be forgiven every day. That is the great work of love among the fellowship of the weak that is the human family. I respect the new and condensed it so nicely. Love is the undergirding, the root of forgiveness, wanting what's best for others rather than licking one's wounds. Mahatma Gandhi said it well in this next quote. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. I totally agree, David. It takes a strong heart to endure what needs to be forgiven and then forgive it. Put on a strong heart. Corey Ten Boom famously survived the Nazi prison camps and all the terror and horrors and despicable treatment that involved. She wrote about the attitudes necessary to survive after being so abused. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. As in the previous quote, it's the beauty of a strong heart to be able and willing to forgive. This next quote is from Joan London, journalist, author, and former host of Good Morning America. She said, A heart filled with anger has no room for love. C.S. Lewis was a prolific writer, More than that, he was a deep thinker. 
He has a couple of things to say about forgiveness in this podcast. Here's one of them. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. All I have to do is look at myself and realize the mistakes I've made. It makes me wonder at the depth of forgiveness that is available to me. Let me pass that on to others. Stephen Richards is an author, film director and producer, and self-help expert. We hear from him next. A broken friendship that is mended through forgiveness can be even stronger than it once was. Mending a friendship through forgiveness requires important personal character traits. You'll need patience. You'll need to be understanding. You must have a heart that wants relationship rather than a pound of flesh, and it will require sitting down and talking openly and honestly. It can be done. Ellen Goodman is an American-born journalist, syndicated columnist, and Pulitzer Prize winner. She is also a speaker and commentator. Listen to what she has to say about forgiveness. We are told that people stay in love because of chemistry or because they remain intrigued with each other, because of many kindnesses, because of luck. But part of it has got to be forgiveness and gratefulness. David, if you hope to maintain a relationship that might have been caused by any of the above, you have to be full of gratitude and forgiveness, just like she said. American novelist Mark Twain was a man of great introspection and thoughtfulness. He makes a couple of observations in this podcast. Here is one of them. Forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. Twain got it right. That poor violet was badly abused, but it issued fragrance anyway. Twain did not design that. He observed it, but it was designed by our Creator as a wonderful illustration of what our forgiveness does to the world around us. Texas preacher Joel Osteen has some impressive things to say about forgiveness. You should pay attention to them no matter what your opinion of him is. I have adapted his comments slightly. Keep in mind... People in pain often hurt other people as a result of their pain. If somebody is rude and inconsiderate, you can be assured that they have some unresolved issues inside. They have major problems, anger, resentment, or some heartache. They are trying to cope with or overcome. The last thing they need is for you to make matters worse by responding angrily. Remember, we made this point last week. Those actions on their part which call for our forgiveness are not about our character flaws, but about theirs. Forgiveness, then, is an act of healing kindness. Here's another thought from C.S. Lewis. If God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it is almost like setting up ourselves as a higher tribunal than him. We haven't really talked about forgiving ourselves. Non-self-forgiveness takes the form of guilt or depression, but Lewis is right. 
If we don't forgive what God will, are we saying that he is wrong? American author C.R. Strahan writes about forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness has nothing to do with absolving a criminal of his crime. It has everything to do with relieving oneself of the burden of being a victim, letting go of the pain and transforming oneself from victim to healer. She is correct. It's not our job to determine the guilt or innocence of the one who has harmed us. It's our privilege to lay aside the burden of grudge that weighs us down. We do that through forgiveness. Will Smith is an American actor. Obviously, he's a believer in God, too. Listen to what he has to say about forgiveness. Throughout life, people will disrespect you and treat you bad. Let God deal with the things they do, because hate in your heart will consume you, too. I totally agree, David. It takes a strong heart to endure what needs to be forgiven and then forgive it. Put on a strong heart. Many years ago, Confucius put his finger on the heart of the problem of forgiveness. To be wronged is nothing unless you continue to remember it. Since forgiveness means to send a thing away, since it is away from us, we no longer remember it. Therefore, the wrong no longer bothers us. If we find ourselves still bothered by what the other person has done, we need to send it away. Don't hold on to what is killing you. Have you ever heard of John Krakauer? Me neither. Turns out he's an American author as well as a mountaineer. Listen to what he has to say. When you forgive, you love. And when you love, God's light shines upon you. That was succinct and to the point. As we have maintained, David, love is the backbone of forgiveness. Gordon Hinckley is a spiritual leader in America. He is the president of the Church of Latter-day Saints. His insights are keen. The willingness to forgive is a sign of spiritual and emotional maturity. It is one of the great virtues to which we all should aspire. Imagine a world filled with individuals willing both to apologize and to accept an apology. Is there any problem that could not be solved among people who possess the humility and largeness of spirit and soul to do either or both when needed? Just imagine such a world. Wouldn't it be amazing? Marianne Williamson weighs in with this beautiful observation. Who is she? She's an author, speaker, humanitarian, and presidential candidate. The practice of forgiveness is our most important contribution to the healing of the world. I totally agree, David. Not only is there healing and forgiveness, there is no healing without it. Siddhartha, the founder of Buddhism, made this amazing observation. Hatred does not cease by hatred but only by love. This is the eternal rule. Well said, Siddhartha. Isn't it true that hatred only exacerbates and inflames additional hatred? Marie de Spain is an American novelist living in Utah with her family. I think she nailed it. 
We don't forgive people because they deserve it. We forgive them because they need it, because we need it. I totally agree. It takes a strong heart to endure what needs to be forgiven and then forgive it. Put on a strong heart. Marvin Ashton was a politician from Utah. He had deep spiritual values. Be the one who nurtures and builds. Be the one who has an understanding and a forgiveness heart. One who looks for the best in people. Leave people better than you found them. I did not know the man until I found this quote, but I have shared this insight nearly all my life. Leave people better than you find them. Suzanne Colasante is an American author of young adult fiction. She lives in New York City. I want to be the kind of person who can do that, move on and forgive people and be healthy and happy. It seems like an easy thing to do in my head, but it's not so easy when you try it in real life. That's the kind of person I want to be, and that's the kind of person I wish for you to be too, David. Nelson Mandela led an extensive battle for equality in South Africa. He was imprisoned and poorly treated, harshly treated for his stand. He had, according to world standards, every reason to be bitter, vindictive, and hostile when he was released. He chose otherwise. As I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Of the many powerful statements that Mandela ever made, this one stands as the epitome of human freedom, the freedom from the prison of hate. Here's another comment from Corey Tenboom, the Nazi prisoner. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred. It is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. She recognized, as Mandela did, that forgiveness was the only way to be free from the horrors of the past that she endured. We hear again from Mark Twain as he speaks eloquently of the power of love that fuels forgiveness. There isn't time, so brief is life, for bickerings, apologies, heartburnings, calling to account. There is only time for loving, but an instant, so to speak, for that. Think of how many years that people keep their hearts embroiled in bitterness that could have been avoided had they opted for love and forgiveness instead. Here's an adaptation from C.S. Lewis. Love may forgive all wrongdoings and still love in spite of them, but love cannot cease to wish for their removal. The common fallacy that we should put to bed is that love requires perfection to exist. It doesn't. We are all flawed. If we had to be perfect to be loved, nobody would be loved. But it would be worse than that. There would be nobody to love. We love in spite of the flaw and continually desire the flaw to be fixed. Colleen Hoover writes romance novels. Here she speaks to the condition of the heart as it is compared to the desire and willingness to forgive. 
No matter how much you love someone, the capacity of that love is meaningless if it outweighs your capacity to forgive. It's stated differently. If I'm unwilling to forgive, I'm unable to truly love. She is the New York Times bestseller author and is known as the mother of coaching since she initiated the idea of life coaching. Her name is Cherie Carter-Scott. Anger makes you smaller, while forgiveness forces you to grow beyond what you are. That's an intriguing viewpoint. Forgiveness forces us to grow beyond where we are. For years, I have said all growth takes place on the outside edge of your comfort zone. Combine these two ideas and you realize that forgiveness might be uncomfortable, but it will make you grow, and that's a good thing. Here's a statement I adapted from Ellen Hopkins. She has published several New York Times bestsellers. Forgiveness isn't my best thing. It's easier to stay ticked off, but I'm tired of being ticked off all the time. Tired of feeling hurt by stuff that can never be fixed because it is an indelible part of the past. Doesn't she also acknowledge the difficulty of forgiveness? But she makes an amazing reality statement. Without forgiveness, you'll stay ticked off at things that cannot be changed. Well, that's it for the quotes, David. I hope that you will find one or two in there that speak to your heart. I hope they help put forgiveness into perspective. Yes, it may be challenging, but without it, your life will be miserable. I want you to have a good life. I want you to be good and strong. I want you to have a heart that's filled with love and joy and peace. Forgiveness is the way to keep the poison out. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you've got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about the forward-propelling power of mindfulness. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a a joy-filled week. week.